Hi there. I just want to say that you have got to be the most insipid, ridiculously idiotic, moronic person I've ever heard on any form of media. Exiled by society, friends, lovers, and terrestrial radio. A guy with literally nothing left to lose. For 15 years, he's been telling it like it is. This is the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. say this right off the bat i am not sure what kind of show this is going to be i have no idea if i'm going to be able to stay awake through this show i don't know uh exactly what's going to come of this this might be a very terrible or a very weird edition of this program but we're gonna try and get through it anyway i'm running on about two and a half hours of sleep And as you can tell, I am still holding on to that congestion, and I have that cough that is just lingering. Every time I get a cold, I always have the cough that persists for two, three, four weeks afterwards. And this one is no different. And it's being helped along by the fact that the weather here, while absolutely amazing, the weather has become amazing here, as I've mentioned before, we went from summer right into winter here in the southwest phoenix it was in the 90s running the air conditioner just a couple weeks ago now boom i I put on the furnace the other morning i I took a shower and i actually turned the furnace on if you can believe it so it was like 44 degrees outside so i i love it i'm not complaining but it's not the best thing to get over a cold i'm over the congestion i'm over the well i'm over the the bad part, the real, I'm not contagious anymore. The really horrible congestion is gone. The um, the weirdness of my voice is mostly gone. But the fever's all gone. The aches are gone. All that's out of here. And I have my appetite and everything. However, man, just getting past this, it's, uh, it's rough. So I didn't really have a lot of, I had a great night yesterday, a great night last night, great afternoon yesterday. But two and a half hours of sleep. So that's that's still a problem. And I would love to just go and take a nap right about now. But unfortunately, my neighbors to the east have decided to do renovation. A lot of people in my subdivision have been doing these renovations or teardowns and complete rebuilds of their home. And that's all well and good. That's great. Increase the property value, blah, blah, blah. But for a guy like me, who's especially because it's the house right over here to the east, um, it is impossible to get any sleep with all the jackhammering and the pounding and the noise and the yelling. I would love to have a sex session that's that loud and boisterous, uh, probably without all the dudes. That'd be great. But uh, actually, I just would settle for a nap right about now. A nice, just lay my head down. In fact, maybe I'll just do that in here. I'll just go ahead, put on some music in here. And we'll just, uh, I'll just do the Michael Graff nap hour. Here we go. That sounds like a great idea. Oh my God, the Michael Graff nap hour. What, what could be better than that?
That's a great idea for a show. You could just listen, and it would just put you into a nice relaxation. We'll just uh, do some soft meditation, maybe some chanting or something, a little hypnosis. Listen to my voice, and only the sound of my voice. Let it carry you away on the winds. It's the Michael Graff Nap Hour. That sounds heavenly, actually. You know what? If I just if I leave this music on, there's a very good chance that you'll just hear eventually I'll be in the middle of a sentence and thud, I'll fall forward right into the microphone or the monitor. Or I'll go back like this, my headphones will flop off. I could just I could be alright with that. If that happens, the recorder will keep running. And when I wake up, I will I'll just post this show. The the unedited version of the show. I'll just put it right up there as, as a fine example of another quality product, another quality broadcast put out by me. The Michael Graff Nap Hour is brought to you by antihistamines. By a couple of bottles of wine. Smoke a joint, lay back, relax, and enjoy the Michael Graff nap hour. I don't know. I think that would be, that might actually be a better podcast than the one that we do now. That'd be a better show than what I have done for 15 years. Instead of talking politics or instead of talking about news or sports or just the random stuff that we talk about on a regular basis on this show. Can you imagine? We just do a show where uh, we come in. And for an hour or so, we just chill out, maybe just talk in very measured tones, very NPR-like, talk like this. And for periods of time, we'll just play some music and we'll all just relax and chill out. Have a quaalude, doze off, and enjoy the Michael Graff Nap Hour, endorsed by Bill Cosby. Yeah, (laughs) funding for the Michael Graff Nap Hour brought to you by... The Bill Cosby Dating Service. Why not? Those NPR dudes. I don't know how people listen to NPR for long periods of time with that with that very measured tone. It's the morning report on 91.5 KJZZ. 907 and 52 degrees. And everything they say is this perfectly measured tone that... Residents on the Eastern Hemisphere this morning woke up to being irradiated by a gamma ray burst. More than three and a half billion people are dead and the atmosphere is being burned off and those of us in the Western Hemisphere have just minutes to survive. But first, some gardening tips as we head into the late fall season. I don't know. I I don't know. People drive 75 miles an hour down the interstate Well, they're in their Priuses, so they're going like 41 miles per hour on the interstate listening to NPR. And I don't really understand how people are able to do that. How do you drive? How do you maneuver a vehicle? Again, I don't drive, so I don't understand these things. But I can imagine, just as a passenger, I'm not sure how you're able to stay awake, keep your focus on the road while listening to NPR. Maybe it's informative, maybe it's educational, maybe it's liberal crap. I have no idea because all I know is I would be completely passed out. Every time I hear NPR, even the interesting stuff, because everyone talks like this. How interesting can it really be? 
You ever have a guy, you know a guy that talks like that, maybe in your office someplace, like a boss or a... They just, they have this very measured tone. Hey, man, uh, Mr. Reynolds, may I see you in my office, please? And they talk like this no matter what, even if they're giving you terrible news. Mr. Reynolds, your wife just called, and she was killed in a freak blimp accident this afternoon. I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Reynolds. Uh, Mr. Reynolds, we went through your computer last evening and we found 437 child pornography images. Uh, you realize that I do have to... This is a, an official write-up, and don't let it happen again. This has been... This is your first reprimand, Mr. Reynolds. That was the guy that talks like that. Yeah, I watched the football game yesterday. Very exciting. Can you imagine if everybody in life talked like that? I don't know how they do that. I don't know... what are, Do they pump in... MSG gas into the NPR studios so every time <sighs> alright here we are and they even bring in guests they have people come on there that are normally a little bit more animated but as soon as they get into an NPR studio behind those microphones they, they immediately calm down and talk like this it's like uh, it's like the golf channel it's like everybody is a commentator for golf anyway uh, there's actually a lot of stuff to talk about there's actually a lot of stuff to talk about on the program I I I could just, I, I wonder if I could do that for a whole show. I wonder if I could actually maintain this kind of a voice, this kind of tone for an entire program and just talk in a very calm and even tone such as this for an entire program. Welcome. It's the zip code famous Michael Groff program and uh, 11 minutes past the hour and uh, Michael, uh, Mike, actually Show at gmail.com. I can't even do it because I, I, I just lose focus because I'm concentrating on maintaining that voice and it's nearly impossible to do so. I just have to talk like me. I just have to talk in my normal voice. Um, it's I can do my characters. I can do my impressions and keep those for a while, but I can't do that kind of a low energy voice like that. My, in my old shows, way back when I first started doing this show, and those people who have listened all this time, first of all, you're insane and I appreciate it, but Man, you're crazy for listening for 15 years. But people that listened way back then, they know that that was kind of how I used to talk on this show. I used to be a lot more mellow like this. And uh, the show, oh man, uh, let's see what's going on in the news today. <laughs> it was like, it was just like that. That was the nature of the old show. So I don't know if I could ever go back to doing something like that. Show at gmail.com. That is the email address for this show. Show at gmail.com. That's also our PayPal address. You can donate to this program, groffshow at gmail.com, email and and PayPal. I know. I, I just will randomly slip into that voice throughout the show. <laughs> uh, Michael Groff is the handle on Twitter and michaelgroff.com for everything else that could possibly be Michael Groff related. So that is your contact information. While you're over at michaelgroff.com, by the way, you can click on our subscribe button and every time a brand new episode of this show is posted, you will get a notification because I have worked, toiled, and slaved on that feature and it does, in fact, now work. So whenever a brand new episode of this show is posted, you will receive an email notification. If you do not, it means something's wrong with you or it means that the duct tape and string that I used to hold this system together once again broke and I have to go back I have to go to Home Depot and get more e-duct tape and uh, go through and patch all this stuff up again but hopefully it's all working anyway here we are uh, thank you so much for checking us out and I 
haven't really talked about this yet. I've avoided talking about this, but I just want to say for the record, it's a friggin' cup, people. Let's settle down. Let's back off ourselves just a little bit. It's a goddamn cup. For those of you living under a rock, not into it, haven't heard about it, Starbucks announced that they are not going to put out their festive Christmas cup for the season or their festive holiday designed cup that has little snowflakes and trees on it and those kinds of holiday decorations on this cup. They're just going to put out a red cup this year and that's it. And you would have thought that Starbucks said, you know what, Uh, we just want to make an announcement here at Starbucks. We don't believe the Holocaust happened. So uh, you would have thought that they just came out and they said, we're going to release a special commemorative Hitler edition cup. Uh, Dictators of the world on all of our different cups. We have our Hitler cup and our Mussolini cup. You can get your Mussolini mocha and your your Hitler latte. And uh, that's what we're doing here at Starbucks. You would have thought that that's what they announced. No, all they said was, ah, you know, we're just probably not going to put out those uh, festive Christmas cups this year. And everyone proceeded to have a complete meltdown. Social media was all over it. And, of course, the usual crazy redneck types, the fanaticism types that are out there, the the ultra-right, the Christian folks out there got crazy and once again went to the whole, it's the war on Christmas thing again. It's a war on Christmas. I'll tell you what. They... I tell you right now, I don't think that Starbucks, they they hate Jesus over there. They just hate Jesus. Starbucks hates Jesus. We're going to stand outside, but we're going to have signs like that. Starbucks hates Jesus. They hate Christmas. They hate Christians. Starbucks doesn't like the spirit of the holidays. They don't like giving. They don't like cheer. They don't like togetherness. Dude, they just didn't put out a cup. No, it ain't just about that. It ain't. That's what they want you to think. All right, dude. All right, man. Oh, my God. I I have to tell you, Starbucks, it's just... Look, it's a cup, people. That's it. I went past a Starbucks the other night. I went over to Rubio's in this... Uh, shopping mall by my house and there's a Starbucks right next door and there are people just packed out the door at 8 o'clock at night. It's not really going to hurt their business, I don't think that much, because these rednecks still need their crack that is Starbucks. I love how these people get so upset about not having snowflakes and trees and little mistletoe or whatever on their cup for the season. They have a huge problem with that, but they don't have any problem paying $6 for a cup of coffee. You could go to the grocery store and buy a big can of Folgers Classic Roast and go home and you could make, I don't know, 300 pots of coffee with that for literally maybe 10 bucks. You buy this giant thing of Folgers or whatever, U-Ban or Maxwell House or whatever you prefer, and you go home and you just whip that up well, yeah, you could do that, but it ain't Starbucks. It ain't the same. It ain't the same unless some long-haired uh, teenager with piercings all over their face done bring it to you, and then you can sit there and judge them. Oh, I don't like that barista at all. They got piercings in their nose. They're just sitting back there serving coffee to these young punks today. I don't know. So that's, I, I got to, again, it's a cup. It is a cup. People have lost their freaking minds. We are at the point where 
everybody has to have a cause and everyone has to have an action and a reason to get out there and a reason to make noise. It is such a narcissistic me, me, me society. And everybody is out there on social media and just carrying on about this. And the I, that is the thing that gets me the most. You know, if there was a little while there where maybe I started to buy into the... When it first started, I went, ah, you know, war on Christmas, ha, ha, ha. And I laughed about it. And I just thought, yeah, you know, whatever. Maybe some people are. And maybe there's people that don't like it. And I thought it was ridiculous when sometimes they would make the, the city take down uh, some ornaments that they had up on the side of the road or whatever. That, yeah, that got to me a little bit. But now as, as I've thought about it, there is no war on Christmas. It doesn't exist. It is it is just something people manufacture to try and push some agenda. I have no idea. See what they're trying to do? They're trying to push Christianity right on out. They first First they came for the uh, the Christmas tree downtown. Then you can't even go to Starbucks no more. All right. It's a cup. Can we just do the Michael Groff nap hour now? Boy, oh boy. So, um, Dunkin' Donuts incidentally announced after all this, they've announced that they're going to do a holiday cup. And and theirs is going to be like super festive. They're probably going to have pictures of Jesus on it. They're going to have like a manger scene. They're going to sit there and have... Um, I'm going to go to that Dunkin' Donuts. They got the manger scene. They got baby Jesus right there on the cup. All right. So they've announced that they're going to do that. They're probably going to just do uh, festive uh, designs. I-, I would imagine they'll just capitalize on this further. They'll do it for their their uh, their boxes. Like you get your box of donuts and it has like all these snowflakes and it'll say Merry Christmas. on It'll say Merry Christmas right there on the uh, on the box. I mean, I guess that's smart business decisions being made over there. I'm sure other places are going to do that. Tim Hortons will do it. Everybody else is going to get on that. They're going to have overly festive cups. God, can't we just settle down as a society, as a group of people? Can we just back off and have some common sense? I, I don't know. Maybe we can't. I don't think it's possible anymore. I've been screaming common sense on this show for I don't even know how many, 15 years I've been trying to do the common sense routine and I think it is very slowly slipping away and I don't know, I'm just watching the world degrade into madness and insanity right before my eyes. I'm alright with it, just uh, just let me know. Let me know when we've hit full tilt and I will just get on that mission to Mars that they're running. The one where you don't come back. I'll be like, hey, uh, yeah, b- book me on that Mars flight, too. Here's all of my money. I don't even care. I just want off this blue marble now. I don't want to kill myself. I just want to get off of this marble and away from all these people. Well, that's real good that you's coming with us because we was planning to build the very first Starbucks on Mars, but ours is going to have the festive Christmas cup because that's the way Jesus wants it. All right, well, I'm just going to go to the moon by myself then. Uh, I'm out of here. Uh, get me off of this thing sometimes. All right. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let's have some nice, uh, relaxed music. Maybe some smooth jazz. Yeah, some little, little smooth jazz here on the Michael Graff Nap Hour. A little Pat Metheny group for you this afternoon. It's actually still morning.
Why not? All right. We'll take a break. And there is still a lot to talk about. The madness continues. Speaking of controversies that aren't even controversies, and I didn't get to this one either. This happened last week. Just more stuff that's on my desk that I need to address. And I will get to that just coming up here in a few minutes. I don't even know if I want to talk about the Republican debate at all. Get into the crux of it. We'll see. I'm not losing interest necessarily. It's just that the last debate wasn't really that entertaining. It wasn't really that exciting. I do have a couple of thoughts. Maybe I'll get into those as well. And a lot more. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show on a Thursday. And we'll be back. Show on a Thursday, November 12th, 2015. Groffshow at gmail.com. That's the email and PayPal address for this program. Groffshow at gmail.com. You can always donate to us. Michael Groff on Twitter and MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. Still staying awake. Just going to have the Foo Fighters on. Don't mind me. I'm, I'm here. I'm with it. I'm just... Hanging on, all right? Guess I'll get into... Here, this will keep everybody awake and excited. The Republican debate from the other night. I'm not going to get into too much of it because there wasn't anything all that new or exciting with this one. I guess everyone had their favorite moments. There were a couple of highlights in there. Marco Rubio actually looked like he was there and had a lot to see. Actually did very well. Rubio and uh, Cruz did quite well. Jeb Bush still looked terrible. And I know that he got himself um, a consultant. He hired somebody else in his uh, team there to help him with these debates. It is very clear he does not have the presence that his father did or even George W. somehow, even though W. was just, well, W., there was some type of appeal from W. It, Jeb just seems, I don't know, he just seems like he's completely out of the loop and he is just completely out of touch with what people are interested in hearing about. And uh, he is not very presidential. He does not command a room. People are very eager to step all over him. But I'll tell you the guy that really just continues to look bad in every one of these debates. No, not Ben Carson and his lunacy. No, I'm talking about John 
John Kasich. I mean, this guy, I thought he was just going to grab his podium and throw it at the candidates in this last outing. He looked mad as hell, man. Again, he was uh, sweating it up and he looked pissed off and he was upset at Donald Trump. He's well, he's upset at the entire field and I think he's upset at the entire process. And all he basically did was sit there and continue to read to us what he's done as governor of Ohio. In Ohio, uh, I already did all that Uh, as as governor of Ohio. Look, we get it, dude. That's your claim to fame. You were the governor of Ohio. Wonderful. And that's great. You still come across as a get-off-my-lawn angry guy. We get it. Your dad was a mailman. I know. We've we've heard the narrative a thousand times, dude. We get it. Settle down over there. So it was not anything all that exciting. Donald Trump continued to say that he would deport uh, every illegal immigrant in the United States. Jeb Bush tried to call him out on it. Donald Trump just basically said, look, shut up. We're, that's something I'm going to do. I'm building a wall and I'm throwing every illegal immigrant out. I I have to tell you, that before we go any further, and I don't even want to get into the substance of this too much, except I'll just say there is no way, as much as I am against illegal immigration, as much as I am a law-abiding citizen and believe that people need to respect the laws of this country, there is absolutely no way, there is no feasible or conceivable way that you can deport 11 or 12 or 15 million people. That is just not possible. Even if you slash the military budget, even if you just, I don't care if you how you raise taxes, I don't care what you do, there, there is not the police force, there is not the armed men, the the power necessary, the infrastructure necessary to find and deport 11 or 12 or 15 million people. Besides, okay, you find them, you round these people up. What are you going to do? You're just going to drop them randomly in Mexico that you drive them like halfway in. All right, everybody, we're driving it. And some of these people aren't from Mexico. Some are from Ecuador and El Salvador and Nicaragua and Panama and Venezuela. You're going to drive them all. All right, uh, first stop, Mexico. How are you going to make that work? Uh, Trump, uh, again, uh, it's it's cringeworthy watching some of the things these people say. Carly Fiorina, she, she continued to try and become relevant in this entire thing and she's just way anti-drug and anti-abortion and anti all this and I I get it but do you really think that any of you are resonating well with the American people? I realize Donald Trump remains in uh, ahead in the polls. People love it because he's tough on illegal immigration. There's a lot of people out there that they, yeah, hell yeah, want to deport everybody. Yeah, okay. Look, I get it, but Man, that debate was just not anything all that uh, inspiring. The Democrats, incidentally, they have their debate coming up this Saturday. Yeah, I know, Saturday for a debate. They set this up perfectly for Hillary Clinton. They have very few debates. They're not really going to get... It's just going to be O'Malley, uh, Clinton, and Sanders up there. And you know, and it's on a Saturday. Nobody's really going to be paying attention. And Clinton will probably be declared the winner before the damn thing even starts because she is the polished politician. Bernie Sanders is sort of, yeah, he's a he's been a senator for whatever, 27 years or however long it's been. But he's not the polished speaker that Hillary Clinton is. He Bernie Sanders, for some reason, for as old a guy as he is, he definitely has the attention of the youth. He definitely has some support, 
But I think the Bernie Sanders thing is sort of fading a bit. I just saw, here's a poll. I just saw right here. A new CBS News poll out of likely Democrat voters uh, shows that uh, Bernie Sanders trails Hillary Brodham Clinton right now 52 to 33%. So almost a 20-point lead for Hillary Clinton. And that, folks, is frightening because... Frankly, if Hillary gets the nomination for the Democrats, that's who your next president is going to be. Because I do not see a chance in hell that any of the prospective Republican candidates will garner anybody's vote. There is no way. Who are you going to vote for? If Okay, let's just say you're not like me. Okay, let's say, and very few people are, there's probably one person that is like me out there on this entire planet. All right? But let's say you're you're just regular Joe citizen and you're not going to vote for a third party, okay? And you decide, all right, I'm going to vote for a Democrat or Republican. Okay, who are you going to vote for? Uh, let's say you decide I'm voting Republican. All right, who are you voting for? I mean, of all those candidates up there, who actually is somebody that you, you sit there and go, man, I have just got to cast my vote for this guy. You're just chomping at the bit to cast your vote for a person that's up there. There's not a one. I said the other day on the show, and I took some crap for it. Uh, somebody um, sent me a message. I can't believe you said this. I said that Rand Paul was the most palatable choice on the Republican ticket, and that's sad. I didn't say I would ever vote for the guy, not in a million years. I, again, I want to emphasize, I'm not voting for anybody on the Democrat side or the Republican side. None of the above is my option right now. But I'm telling you, of all of the Republican candidates, Rand Paul is probably the most palatable of the choices. The guy actually, he wants to get our troops out of Iraq and Afghanistan and stop these foreign wars. Great. He wants to slash the budget, the military bloated budget that we have. Great. Guy wants to come up with a new tax plan, a, a flat tax plan. Great. The guy wants to legalize marijuana. Great. I absolutely 100% support all of that. I mean, yes, Rand Paul is still a nut job in a lot of areas, but he is the most palatable choice in the Republican side. Still not voting for him, though. Not that it matters, because what does he have? Uh, 2% of the vote right now, 2.5%, something like that. He does not have a, a huge following. I did see, it was great that they kind of excluded Chris Christie and Mike Huckabee and some of these other guys and they're weeding out the kids table and they're really starting to cut this thing down though just a bit because uh, frankly no one wants to see Chris Christie stand up there and try and defend how he wants to spy on Americans nobody wants to see that trust me we already have one guy that's uh, a sweating angry dude up there we don't need a second guy that's like that All right, Donald Trump was less orange I'm glad to see that I'm glad to see that he eventually he decided to take my advice and go a little bit less orange in the face this go around. Good for you, Donald. All right, we have another controversy. Yes, not just the Starbucks controversy in the news. We actually have yet another controversy. This came across last week, so I didn't get to talk about it. Uh, we're going to get to it now. I don't know how many of you have heard of this. Probably very few. You know, a few weeks ago, there was that resource officer in the school that uh, tackled the kid that was on her cell phone. 
And uh, it was just one of those things that drew a lot of national attention. The, the kid wasn't paying attention in school. R- the police officer comes in, says, you got to leave. Kid says, no, tackles the kid, p- rips them out of the desk and just carries them out of there. And of course, people were upset. They said, oh, this is more police brutality, blah, blah, blah. I have to tell you, and I, I, I don't, I know how this is going to sound and I do not ordinarily condone the rash of incidents by the police lately where we have seen more violent tendencies and we have seen more abuse of police authority. Trust me, I am very cognizant of that. I have always been that way. I have been screaming about these kinds of things on this show for many years. With that being said, um, I actually just thought the school and the police officer was in the right tackle the kid you're not supposed to be on your cell phone in school if i ever pulled that crap when i was a kid now we didn't have cell phones when i well when i was in high school cell phones had started uh 93 94 95 a few people had cell phones just the really wealthy people and you know it was not like a very ubiquitous part of the culture yet but yeah there were a few people i i think i had a cell phone i used my mom's cell phone like in 1996 uh my senior year i had a cell phone for whatever, you know, in case I needed a ride or in case the the crap hit the fan at my school because sometimes that happened, there were riots or whatever. And I, I went to a great school. In any event, um, so if I had tried to pull that crap, my parents would have kicked my ass. My dad would have beat me for doing something like that. And I I have to, t- and, and of course, back in my parents' generation, teachers would just kick your ass. My dad used to tell us stories all the time about every once in a while when he was in high school, uh, one of the football players, one of these dudes would challenge the teacher. You know, he wouldn't do his homework. He'd be, you know, goofing off or whatever. And the teacher would come over and smack him in the face and say, hey, pay attention. And the kid's like, you can't tell me what to do. Oh yeah, you want to take it outside? And they would go outside and the teacher would kick the kid's ass and just you know, drop him right there, knock him out, or just kick the crap out of him. And then the student would come in and behave. And then there was, and then when that kid went home, he got another beating from his parents. And that's how it was. And that's schools. You didn't hear about all the nonsense that went on in the school system uh, like you do today. You didn't hear about it back then. And even when I was a kid, you didn't hear about it. We didn't have corporal punishment, but we had parents that actually paid attention and gave a crap. And so these kinds of things didn't happen. Now, in this post-millennial generation, these kids, they go into class, there's texting, they're just sitting there listening to music, their iPods or whatever. They got their iPhones out, they're, they're texting, they're watching videos. And then somebody comes in and tackles this student. And anyway, that's not even what I wanted to talk about. That's old news. I just wanted to set up the story for you. What I wanted to get into was that they talked about that story on The View, I guess a week or two ago, and I don't even know who's on The View anymore, and if you're wondering, The View is some show, some daytime show, a bunch of women sit around and talk about issues, they talk all over each other, and I I don't know, I don't know who most of these women are anymore. Um, I know that Whoopi Goldberg used to be on that show, I don't know if she still is, I haven't watched the show in forever, Whoopi Goldberg, Barbara Walters was on there. I remember when Sherry Shepard was on that show. Oh, she was like the female Ben Carson. Every day was a, a, a tremendous quote from her. She was she was the one that didn't know if the earth was round or flat. So that's the kind of people that they had on The View. And uh, they 
<laughs> the, the stereotypes are just everywhere because of that. Uh, I know now, I think on the show, they have that uh, Candace Cameron from Full House. They have the chick from Full House. And now that a new cast member, they have the chick from That's So Raven. They have Raven Simone, the, the kids show, That's So Raven from whatever, 15 years ago. So Raven Simone is now on The View. And I guess, believe it or not, this was a controversy. She was talking about the officer tackling the kid. She said it was terrible. But then she dared to say, get off your cell phone. And people got mad. Here's the clip. See if there's anything she says that's remotely controversial. A South Carolina deputy is being investigated after a viral video um, of him went berserk. She, he's yanking a female high school that's student cool. down to the ground from her desk, and he's being assigned to other duties during the investigation. And Brian... What did you say that's happening? The FBI is now investigating. Really? Yes. Wow. The FBI is investigating. First of all, He's I think we heard about the story. The girl was told multiple times to get off of her to phone. To get off the phone. There's no right or reason for him to be doing this type of I mean, harm. That's, that's ridiculous. But at the same time, you got to follow the rules in school. First of all, why are there cell phones in school? This shouldn't even be a problem to begin with, and he should have been acting like that on top of it. But Raven, this guy was known in that school. They called him the Incredible Hulk. He can bench students though, but amongst the administration, they had just given him a award for being a role model. No, they had actually, he had gotten in trouble before for already yeah. laying his hands on his students, he had, if I'm not mistaken. He had, but the school gave him an award last year for being a role model. A role model who beats his students? Students well, call him the I don't help. care what award they gave him, but yeah. Yeah, still, it's, I mean, the girl was obviously like not following the rules, but you <laughs> cannot lay your hands on someone, I mean, maybe even in jail, but even on Beyond Scared Straight, which you know is a show I love, My they never hit the kids like they that. They can't. He was actually sued for false arrest, ex excessive force and battery in 2007 after a couple accused him of manhandling them. He has a record and he's still hired, but at the same time, get off your phone. I, you I, are in I school. Agree. Get off your phone. Well, well that's the thing for you. There you go. And she says, get off your phone. And that's all there is to it. I mean, again, if we behaved like that in, in I hate to say, in my generation, because I'm not even that old, but literally 25 years ago, if I tried to pull that kind of crap in school and was misbehaving like that, I would go home and I would get, I would get grounded. I would probably get uh, quite a beating. And believe me, my parents, I think I was hit, like legitimately hit by my parents one time in my whole life. And I, I know exactly what it was for. And I absolutely deserved it. And let me tell you something. And I got slapped as like a three-year-old or whatever on the wrist for, you know, touching stuff and being in a, but I mean, I mean, actually being hit, I, I got hit by the belt once and, uh, you know, people say that's terrible. That's abusing your kids. Listen, I never misbehaved again like that. I, I was very respectful to my parents. I was a very good student in school. I never misbehaved. I never got detention. I never got suspension because it was just something you didn't do. My parents didn't raise me to be an asshole. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm an asshole today on this radio show, but let me tell you, when I was in school, I was very respectful of my teachers. Uh, even though I was beat up regularly by my uh, peers, by my fellow students, I was very respectful of the rules and of the teachers and whatnot. And so I never got in any kind of trouble because I knew that if I did, big trouble was awaiting me at home. So I don't know. It's a cultural difference that we have. People are on their phones and doing all sorts of crazy crap in schools that they absolutely should not be doing. 
and it is not a culture that I would ever condone, endorse, whatever. So, but I guess Raven Simone, there were people that wanted to boycott sponsors because she said, get off your phone. I guess she thinks that uh, any time, I guess, this is the theory from what I've read, black people aren't allowed to defend, not even defend, but they're not allowed to say that authority has any right over somebody that's goofing off, I guess. I don't know. Like, you can't make any sort of, um, you can't give any sort of, and again, she said that the officer was way out of line, and she said it was horrible, and what he did was terrible, but she also said, hey, get off your phone, and that was a big stir, I guess, in the black community. Leads me to wonder about viewers of The View, people that watch that show. It makes me wonder, are people really that dense that, and I'm sure not everybody that watches The View is this way, but I just have to wonder if the average person that's watching that show is so dense that they go, man, uh, I, I'm, I'm offended that uh, they would dare say, get off your phone in school. I mean, aren't most of the people that watch that show, aren't they soccer moms and house frows and they have kids, right? Or are they the type whose uterus is and the egg sacs have all dried up. I don't know. And they're just angry and they don't care. I, I have no idea. I don't know what the average demographic of the view is. Oh, well, we just need to go back to the nap time podcast. I'm, I swear, I'm just going to give up talking news, politics, sociology, just so we can just do the measured tones and take a nap. Sounds good to me. You're listening to the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Available everywhere at michaelgroff.com.
we were talking about NPR and that whole phenomenon. And then during the break, I found this. Minnesota Public Radio said that on Wednesday, it received the largest donation that any public radio station has ever received. A donor who asked to remain anonymous gave $10 million to NPR and its parent company, American Public Media. The St. Paul-based public broadcaster reported the donor is a longtime supporter who is passionate about classical music, music education, and news. The gift will fund new technology as well as classical music programming, music in schools, and marketing. The gift was given without restrictions, according to MPR News. So this is a Minnesota public radio station that received a $10 million donation. You know, I would love that. Can you imagine what I would do with $10 million with this show? Yeah, there wouldn't be any technical issues anymore, that's for sure. Really, I don't even need $10 million. But, you know, if you feel like it, groffshow at gmail.com. That is our email address. It is groffshow at gmail.com. As I ate the microphone right there. Got to Got love when you get right in the microphone. Anyway. Groffshow at gmail.com is our PayPal address. If you want to donate $10 million or $10, either way, it is all good with me. You can donate to Minnesota Public Radio. And uh, we'll, if you donate $10 million to us, we'll, we'll do whatever. If you want me to talk, you want me to talk like this for the rest of the time? You donate $10 million, we'll do whatever on this podcast. I fully admit I am a complete whore I will sell out for whatever absolutely you want this to become the the Michael Graff nap hour you want us to just sit here and play music you want me to uh, whatever you want play the piano for you juggle um, talk about crappy entertainment pop culture BS Whatever. I am totally willing to sell out. And I'm I'm here to admit it right now. You donate $10 million and you say, hey, Mike, um, here's the one thing. $10 million and you have to play... You have to play country music bumpers. I'm like, all right. Uh, you got it. What do you want? You want Travis Tritt? You want Alan Jackson? You want... Uh, what do you want? <laughs> Whatever you want, I, uh, I'll play it. <laughs> do we even... I'm, let me see. Here we go. All right. Um Yeah, we'll play we'll play Alan Jackson. Look, you donate you donate to this show. You donate like 10 million dollars. You get to decide whatever bumpers we're playing. Oh yeah. Better than I do. Oh, I, I mean, I might hate the music, but for 10 million I could learn to like it. I can like country music. I could like any kind of music for $10 million. Trust me. All right, anyway, it is the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show. I want to talk about something a little bit more serious just for a second. Um, the NFL, Greg Hardy, is still in the league and still has a job somehow. How is this happening? The Dallas Cowboys player that, of course, beat the crap out of his girlfriend. This is another case of domestic violence. I know it's an old story. I know it's been out there for a while. I am just amazed every single day I wake up that 
Greg Hardy has not been kicked out of the league. They are finding guys for paying. They, they find a guy, and I'm trying to find the story. I don't have it here in front of me. I, I read it uh, the other day, and I meant to talk about it on the show, but they find a guy because he paid homage to his dad. He did something to his uniform to I don't know. There was a guy. I know they had um, breast cancer or uh, cancer awareness month or something like that in the NFL. And some guy decided he was just going to continue to uh, wear the pink uh, ribbon or the arm guard or whatever it was uh, in honor of his mother that had died of breast cancer. And the NFL was prepared to fine him. Meanwhile, they'll fine that guy for a uniform violation. But a guy that beats the crap out of his girlfriend and commits domestic violence. Oh, no, that's fine. That guy gets to stay in the league. That is the logic of the NFL. Try and figure that one out as best as you can. So I am... This is why the NFL has lost some credibility with me. And this is why I am having a harder time really getting into it. And believe me, look, I'm still watching. The product on the field is terrible. There's more penalties this year than ever. Uh, There's more injuries than ever. And the the fact of the matter is Roger Goodell is a terrible commissioner and the, the sport has a lot of problems that are burgeoning within it. And never mind the, the secondary controversies that surround sites like FanDuel and DraftKings and all of this nonsense. I'm not even talking about that. Really, my issue with the league is the fact that people like this are given second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances. Believe me, I'm a guy that believes in giving a a person a second chance, and I'm all about forgiveness to a point. I understand there are people that have committed, that are uh, raging alcoholics and that have done uh, some bad things, that have gotten in trouble with the law for drug possession and all this other stuff. That's one thing. That is harmless, relatively speaking, Victimless, relatively speaking, unless, of course, you're driving drunk or whatever. But when you start involving the abuse of another human being and when you start hurting another human being, there has to be a line. There just has to be this league sits here and tries to tell us that they care and that they are. Oh, we we take a stand against domestic violence. Uh, do you really? Because as soon as the players union spoke up and said, well, we're going to appeal they, I think they gave Greg Hardy, what, a 10-game suspension initially, and they lowered it to four games because the players' union appealed. And no, I realize the players' union is supposed to protect the players, even the douchebag players, I understand. But why can't the players' union stand up and go, you know what, man, you committed domestic violence. You beat a woman. Uh, there is no, we are not standing behind you. It's one thing to give a person a second chance. It's another when you harm somebody else. That's just wrong. And I'm not saying the guy, well, the guy should be in jail. There there should be an investigation, of course. But I'm not saying that a person doesn't deserve to ever work again or to ever have any life again after that. Uh, With that having been said, it just seems like it doesn't matter to this league. It doesn't matter to people in society. People will continue to watch the Dallas Cowboys. People will continue to root for Greg Hardy. Uh... People will continue to support the NFL in droves because that's just what they do. And listen, I'm just as guilty of it. Well, not not rooting for the Cowboys. That would never happen. Uh, my dad would come back from the dead and kill me. Uh, that said, uh, I 
I know that I'm being a hypocrite because I'll still watch the NFL on Sunday. I'm fully admitting my hypocrisy in this to some degree. But I'm I'm going to speak out about it, and I'm going to, I, I hope, my little voice here in this corner of the internet, uh, I certainly hope mine and, and others like me and other people in the media are going to speak out and try and force the NFL's hand. But I don't know. Until major advertisers come to the NFL and say, hey, look, man. This is a real problem you guys got going here. Uh, It might be time you do something about it or we'll think about taking our money elsewhere. The problem is, you know, you hear about too big to fail. The NFL is just too big to fail. The advertisers need the NFL. The NFL needs the advertisers. It is a perfectly symbiotic relationship between the two. There is no way that they are going to turn their back on one another. So the only way something like this actually sticks is if the owners in the league say, we are not going to tolerate this. Michael Vick, you you killed dogs. You killed animals. You are not playing in this league, ever. Um, Greg Hardy, you beat people. Ray McDonald, uh, the, the list goes on and on. You know, you did terrible things. Daryl Washington, you got behind the wheel of a car drunk. You did it a couple of times. No, you're not playing in this league anymore. I'm sorry, it's just not happening. So there has to be uh, the the owners, the other, other players in this league have to stand up too. And there are players that were upset by Greg Hardy's presence uh, um, on the Philadelphia Eagles. One of the guys was like, hey, yeah, you better make sure I put a little extra mustard on it. When I went after that guy, I made sure I hit him a little harder than normal. You know, I, I was really trying to get him good. And another guy said, you know, the that the people he hates are child molesters and wife beaters, and people that hit women. And so, good, there are at least a few players that feel that way, but until the majority of players in the league do, I don't know if anything's ever going to be done about it. And that just pisses me off. Really does. It just... uh, And maybe I need to step up, too. Maybe I need to say, all right, it's time that I took a stand, and I'm not going to watch... At least I'm not going to watch Dallas Cowboys game, which I don't anyway, because I, I hate the Cowboys, but... I don't know. There has to be a stand somewhere. There has to be some kind of reasonable alternative. All right. Uh, a couple other things before we get out of here. Of course, your thoughts on that are always encouraged. Anything that we talk about on this show or something you think we should be talking about, you can always leave your comments on the on our website, on michaelgraff.com. You can always send them to me via email or um, whatever, smoke signals, call, text, uh, come over and spray paint my house. Don't do that, please. Thank you. All right. Um, There is a burger in New York City. For all of you fatties and foodies out there, there is a burger in New York City that has been declared the best burger in the world, and I'm interested in this. Uh, It was named the best in the world. It does not contain any meat. Yes, vegetarians out there are going to be happy about this. The famous... $6, what is this? The famous $6 superiority burger, which has a fully vegan patty, has just been named the best burger in the world by GQ magazine. An impressive feat, and you know it's going to be a controversial choice. People have been raving about the taste and texture of the chunky, nutty burger, but no one knows exactly what's in it. Just uh, 
just that no cows were harmed in the making of such a burger. It comes sandwiched in a bun with iceberg lettuce, tomato, plus a dill pickle and sauce. And it's supposedly the best burger in the world. Now, as a connoisseur of burgers myself, I don't know about all that. I've had some really tremendous burgers across the country. And uh, some of them here, some of them, man, uh, in the south, uh, there's just some great burgers across the country. It's hard for me to imagine um, a vegan or a vegetarian burger is um, the best, but why not? Continuing the food news, the foodie fatty news. Hot Pockets are being credited for saving someone's life. When I talk about Hot Pockets, you know I get emails, people go, I've never heard of Hot Pockets or I've never had a Hot Pocket or whatever. I don't even know what they are. Hot Pockets, man, they're like these, they're like um, rolled up pizza rolls or they're, yeah, they're like pizza rolls or these like, I don't know, it's some, it's hard to even describe what they are. Uh, all I know is that um, they are, they're like cancer in a box, really. I mean, they're they're disgusting and yet they're delicious. They really are. I mean, they are gross. Uh, if you ever really looked at the ingredients in those things, you probably would never eat them. And yet I've eaten them before. So I don't know. I, I haven't eaten a Hot Pocket in quite a while. But anyway, Hot Pockets are being credited for saving Jason Bartley's life. His spur of the moment purchase of a pizza Hot Pocket and a breakfast Hot Pocket kept him away from his apartment a few minutes before a plane slammed into it. This was yesterday. Remember in Ohio, they had this small plane crash. It hit some apartment. And the apartment that it hit belonged to this guy, Jason Bartley. And normally he would have just gone right home, but he just decided on a spur of the moment, just last minute. This is just one of those weird things that happens that you can't explain. He just got a wild hair up his ass to go and buy a couple of Hot Pockets. And so he stops at the store, he picks them up, and then as it just by the time he would have ordinarily gotten home, the plane slammed into his house. This was uh, near, this was in Akron, Ohio, Eastern Akron. Th uh, 39 minutes before the crash, Bartley had been in the apartment noodling around his computer trying to arrange uh, his vacation to Miami the week after Christmas. He realized that he would uh, take a considerable amount of time and that he wanted to get to the bank before it closed and he had to run some other errands. The clock struck 2.14 as he tossed on a lightweight jacket and headed to the car. He stopped first at Chase Bank, then the giant eagle next door. Hustling to get home, he noted that the time on the car radio was 2.45 p.m. He decided to stop at Dollar General for his night's dinner or the next morning's breakfast. So he, he stops at this little store. He picks up a couple of Hot Pockets. Just as he's, you know, getting ready to leave, that's about the time that the uh, plane crashed into his apartment. And so literally Hot Pockets, his spur-of-the-moment purchase, credited for saving his life. There you go. You know what I also saw? This is another crazy thing that happened. Apparently someone was on um, Snapchat, like in the apartment next door, and they're just making goofy faces or just being silly or whatever. And at the very end of their Snapchat, because it's like 10 seconds, I guess, is how Snapchat works. I think at like the six or seven second mark, you see the plane crash in the background over the, this girl's shoulder right into the apartment. And she's like, oh, my God. But then she doesn't like even drop the phone or drop the camera or anything, because that's how people are in our society now is that uh, nobody really notices. 
you know, nobody nobody dares take away the um, the Snapchat. Nobody wants to ruin that moment. That's just a phenomenon. I don't understand Snapchat. Uh, it was, in fact, I didn't even know what Snapchat was until a few months ago. Somebody explained it to me, like, "Oh yeah, Mike. Well, Snapchat is this thing where you can post video or pictures or whatever, and they only last for ten seconds." Well, what's the point of that? See, I don't get a lot of this stuff that's out there now. I don't understand Snapchat, Tinder. I mean, I understand what Tinder is. I mean, I get it. But I don't get it. Like, why not just use a... If you're going to do that, go. I guess why not just go to the dating site? I mean, I, I, I get it. Tinder is more convenient. I don't know. Swipe. I, I don't... I've never used it. I've never used Snapchat. I've used Instagram like a couple of times, but I don't understand why you'd use Instagram if you have Facebook. What would be the point of that? You can post all of those pictures that you would put on Instagram. You can put them up on Facebook. It's the same thing. It's the same goddamn thing. Why? What's the difference? I don't know. I know I sound like a curmudgeon whenever I talk about this stuff, but I just, like, I, okay, I get Twitter. It's like a condensed Facebook. All right, I get it. Twitter, Facebook, I get it. Anything beyond that, I really don't understand it. So I, I don't know. I'm fully admitting my own ignorance on this kind of stuff. Why would you use Snapchat and Instagram and Flickr and all these other things? I don't get any of them. So... Whatever. Hell, I barely use Twitter. I use it as a promotional vehicle for this show. Every once in a while, I post a thought that I have up there because... And I know I should do it more. I realize that. I I get that I should be more involved in social media. I understand it's the way of the future. I'm not stupid about it. It's just that it bothers me. I don't know. There's just an inherent part about it that just seems insidious. I don't know. And I'm never... You're never going to find me on Snapchat. You're never going to find me sending some dumb picture. It's just not going to happen. I don't know. But man, the millennials, the 25 and unders, they really eat that stuff up. Did you see my Snapchat? Yeah. Cool. There was like a plane that like hit the apartment next door. I got to save that before it's gone. I'm sure I'm offending somebody, but I doubt the people, the 16-year-olds and the people that use Snapchat, I doubt that they're listening to this show. I don't think that's the target demographic for this show. Yeah, so like, um, you should have seen what happened yesterday when I was like on Snapchat. Yeah, I know. Like, there's like totally, but (laughs) the cool thing was you should have seen the faces I was making. It was like totally funny. Just like, wow. Wow. Anyway. This has been a very strange edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Thank you so much for checking us out. Groffshow at gmail.com. That is our email and PayPal address. It is groffshow at gmail.com. Donate. Send money. Participate. If you want to donate $10 million, would love it. Thank you. Michael Graff on Twitter, and for everything else Michael Graff related, the one and only michaelgraff.com. Click the subscribe button. Every time a brand new episode of this program is posted, you will get the email notification. That's the subscribe button on michaelgraff.com. Thank you for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night.